0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Grange TV. We have with us Mr. Robert Whittaker, UFC middleweight champion, and David Roberts, TAFE extraordinaire. Dave, I understand that you've recently had a promotion. Do you want to talk to us a little bit? The re- also I want to say about this as well because uh, Dave Roberts person makes it possible for us to have the, the podcast here and to align this with TAFE educational programs as well. So. Uh, great use of resources. Able to bring in different people that we wouldn't have. The, our students wouldn't have the uh, the opportunity to deal with. And um, so, tell us a little bit about what's happening with you, Dave, and what your role is at the moment.
1: Um, so yeah, so I just got recently appointed as a senior manager of Aboriginal engagement for Western Sydney. So Western Sydney's um, the largest Aboriginal metro population. So pretty much what we're currently doing in Campbelltown. Um, We'll be doing it across sort of Mount Druitt, Blacktown, and the far sort of sort of um, Blue Mountains hills area. So pretty much, um, hopefully the the Gap program will get a stronger presence in Mount Druitt and sort of start doing stuff out in the Penrith area. that way. wait.
0: What's uh, Rob's role with it, and what's your relationship with Rob? With Rob, like, what's the, how does that work? What do you guys do?
1: Um, well, pretty much, yeah, Rob's Rob. <laughs> <laughs> He's the <a> champion, like. <laughs> Um, but pretty much um, you know especially from the tape point of view like um, you know just Rob's involvement in, in in the gap program coming out you know just spending you know as much you know as much time as you can with the students is massive um, you know and it just as I said like previous podcasts you you can't get that insight from anyone else because they have an experience and that life experience it's it's <laughs> only you have it mm. so it's it's sometimes even just sitting here sometimes talking like this you have like millions and millions of fans (laughs) (laughs) i
2: mean no not quite. dozens dozens. he has dozens of fans tens 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 of of
1: fans (laughs) (laughs) no but it's it's sort of like that um you know it's surreal sometimes it's like you know you're an idol to millions of people um but really you on the podcast and
2: students seeing you in the class they just oh you're a human and and i also did the cert three
1: and so yeah, yeah. Four. you're a student so it's real
2: yeah so i and yeah I, you know i appreciate that congratulations <laughs> by the way for your promotion that, that, that's great news for the gap program and, and for education but um but yeah no i also appreciate you know letting me in involved in the programs and stuff it's great seeing the, the the guys out there and seeing how they're coming through and trying to give a little bit of my experience on how i use what i learned here and, and and how i use it actively proactively every day in, in what i do i guess
0: um what's happening now you just came back from new york and chicago do you want to tell us a little bit about that trip because that was pretty interesting it was a lot of media coverage of for a whole bunch of different reasons
2: yeah definitely uh, you were there so you also know- i was only
0: there for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we've
2: got to tell that story <laughs> we we almost lost fan. we almost really? lost <laughs> yeah.
1: You went with Conley for McGregor's crew who smashed the bus.
2: That's the Rimaray. Nah. Yeah, I heard he actually threw something.
1: He threw,
2: uh, yeah. <laughs> he was the one that told <laughs> Conor it was a good idea. <laughs> Give um, advice. So, yeah, I, I went over on a bit of a media tour to sell the fight a little bit. We went to Brooklyn first because that's where the, the big press conference was, like the 20 man press
0: conference. And they had a the big fight that day, the yeah, lightweight the, title book. Yeah,
2: the, the fights the fights that night with Kabib and then um, the step in after. After Holloway couldn't make weight, was was massive. So there was a big fight there with the, all the media coverage there. And because it was a pay-per-view event, it was, there was a lot of media coverage there. So they wanted us there to for mainly for the big press event, but then also all the press around it, all the scrumming. Uh, it was it was gnarly. If like from from here to, to New York was something like 20, 22, 23 hours, and it was uh, it's like three different flights because you had to change so many times. It was it was an absolute mess. You were there with me, <laughs> like when we got out of the plane, we were just this is terrible and uh it was the the thing is it's not just the flight because the flight you can deal with you you get because you've done flights before when you go away you get there you're a little jet lag you have a day off you chill out and you're all good after a couple days eat whatever you want but when we get there we're still working so the diet is on point the training sessions still have to get done and then we have to work to the itinerary that the ufc laid out for us which was like 9 30 this 9 45 this 10 o'clock this 10 30 this like it was bang 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 and and everything in in brooklyn in new york took longer because like i'd only have maybe three media events or three interviews with with uh different companies before midday let's say but i'd have to start at like six thirty because of the traffic there it would take you like it would take you like an hour to get two blocks it's just Oh, it was, it was noisy, messy, it was loud, it was, it was really hectic.
0: I mean, people forget as well, like, it's hard, like, all the stuff that he was saying then, like, he, he, you know, you're you fighting, you're training, but, like, when, when you see Rob at a press conference and people don't get that, like, we basically went over the weekend to, to the US, you know? Um, so, you basically go over the weekend and we come back, and we live in Sydney, Australia, you probably can't live further away. And so then you deal with the jet lag of when you get there and the jet lag when you get back. And then you still have to balance family, personal lives, jobs, you know, all, all of that. It's, it's pretty full on. Yeah, that's a big thing too because like taking, taking
2: along fab is, is, is great. It's exactly what I think, like as a high, high caliber athlete is what I need because I get there and we're still working. We're still sticking to the program that we laid out here. We're still getting our sessions done. We're eating right, we're doing the right things. We're not getting swept up in all the stuff around it, which is easy to do because that, that particular weekend they had like 30 champs, there. Uh, they had all the champs and like 30 different fighters there and all top dudes and they all want to get together. And the UFC kind of promotes that. They, they kind of want you to get together with these guys and, and do things with them, but I think it's very important to separate yourself from from the, the bullshit, if you would, because, uh, you know, at the at the end of the day, it, it is a business. We're running a successful business here, and we need to we need to act like that. So, uh, balancing all that stuff and going there with with that mentality driving you, and dieting, and trying not to get swept under the stuff this star all the all the crap around it, sticking to the UFC itinerary, making sure your sessions are done, and then you still need to find a little bit of time to be jet lagged, yes. <laughs> and a little bit of time just to zone out and read your book or watch some shows or something because remember at the end of the day like we, we do what we do and we're good at it but we're still humans you know I, if i don't if i don't get like an hour or two of gaming a day like i become a mess dude and it's hard
0: and, so. the, and you, you aren't a robot, so so go on uh
1: i've only heard your experience of jet lag fab and he's the biggest winder like, yeah. like i my heart I to travel i'm winder. so oh. What's that? It's,
2: you say you're a bigger whinger, Rob. Oh, I wouldn't say
1: I'm a bigger <laughs> Like I that agree. That. I don't know a bigger winger than
2: bad. that. <laughs> that LA trip... Where, where we... When Fab, Fab passed out in the in the lobby and the security had to ask him to leave was was the worst I've ever seen someone. Like, it was
1: a bad... But trip. I was
0: actually passed out. Like, I wasn't, like, whinging about it. I was actually no,
1: passed out.
2: He was passed out
0: in the lobby. Like. How the
1: fuck
0: did you pass out? Oh, well, it was... I was gone, hey? It was gone, eh? He was a man. Not only that, like, you could hear us through... Like, as we moved through airports and that, you could hear, like, that go clean up in... Toilet, whatever, because I'd throw up. Throw I threw up and kept every throwing up.
2: <coughs> threw up in every, a couple of different states. It was like it was crazy, crazy. He told me. Every time I'd get there, I'd be like we got to Denver, we were walking through the thing and he goes, be right back and went back. He'd come back out. He goes, I didn't make it <laughs> like like thirty minutes later there's a big sign saying closed out the front of the bathroom. Yeah, this is it true? Was, it was a. Uh, the jet lag is a mess because um, the thing is, the way it affects me anyway is that when you when when I get to New York, I try to I'm super tired at the weird hours. But even if I get to if I get to bed too early, because I'll be I'll be dead tired by like six pm, and if I go to bed at six pm, I'm waking up at like three am, and then I have I have to get through the whole day again, and then like. If you don't make it, you're having a nap and then you're staying up until two a.m. But then you still wake up at three a.m. It's weird. It's 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 it is real and uh, it takes it takes like for the better part of a week to, to truly for me anyway to get over it because I remember with the Jacare fight we, we got there <sighs> ten days early and we used probably to probably more probably a little bit before that yeah but it was it was a little bit shorter than we do now because we didn't realize it, it could be this bad but with the Jacare fight. We were so jet lagged, and it was just in Kansas, which is closer than Chicago. But uh, we were so jet lagged, we were actually thinking, like, are we going to make it to the fight, or are we going to get be jet lagged the whole way through? Like it was, it was pretty bad at one stage. It got it got a little bit worrying. So ever since that time, we've we have to give it a huge buffer because it's it's certainly real.
0: And I think you know the thing is like it uh, was was Maurice Green, the hundred meter runner. You know, uh, one's gold, I believe he won gold in Sydney Olympics and in the 100 metres, US guy. And he said, like, what people don't realise, because like, there's probably people listening going, yeah, well, I flew to Chicago and I partied all weekend, or whatever. But what people don't realise is, like, the, the more fine-tuned an athlete you are, the more susceptible you, you are to everything. So, say, for example, Maurice Green was saying, like, people don't get that. If he's a 100-metre runner, he's in prime physical condition, if he's running up a flight of steps and he trips and he gets a bruise on his knee, that bruise on his knee affects him much more greatly than it will affect a normal person because that might take 0.3 seconds off his 100 meter rat run. So that that's massive for him. It won't affect a normal person. Um, and for someone like Rob, he can't just go there and, like I can operate even feeling bad, but I don't have to fight anyone. Do you know what i mean so it doesn't you can
1: throw up everywhere
0: i can throw up all over the <laughs> airport and it won't i don't have to fight anyone i don't care
1: you're just keeping the cleaners employed
0: dude i was i was
2: bad that yeah. that trip I was bad i've never seen him like that bad ever it was, yeah. it was
1: but a bad. you've spoken to me before about sort of you know some of the prep stuff after a flight going into the sauna <coughs> rehype, like dehydrating after the
0: flight after the flight yeah hey i can't hear you, you properly
1: i trying
0: to Yeah, I can't hear you through the,
2: through the headset. I'm, I'm hearing your voice. Yeah. Um. How's
1: that?
0: Oh, there can we go. Now I can hear, yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah, so, um, yeah, you spoke to me before about um, after flights, you want to get into a sauna, sort of get all the sweat out, rebuild.
0: G- generally, what we try and do is, because you're dehydrated, so we've got to make sure we drink water throughout th- those long, long, long flights. And then, look, you're bloated and you feel terrible, so... We try and get a good workout in, get a good sweat, get some of that, like all that fluid out of your body.
2: But low impact though,
0: like super low impact, especially when we land, it's super low impact because you've just gotten off 20 hours of flying. (laughs) But but that's what 20 hours of flying, like that doesn't include layovers. That doesn't include, like one time we went, we had to fly somewhere, I can't even remember now. And we got to Sydney airport, we had to wait like 10 hours. Flight got delayed, we drove home. Then we had to drive back the next day get in the plane drive which flight was Natal fight the Natal fight I think it was the Kansas one no 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 no. it was a Natal fight because we flew to Vegas I remember it was the first time I'd been to Vegas and it was not fun because of all of that you know so you're you're still like you don't relax when that happens so in a situation like that it's probably like 50 hours where you're just messing around and so like they're, they're the kind of trips like you're looking at maybe over you know 30 hours plus door to door and then we have to we get there and you 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 feel terrible you know so we try and do a workout jump in a sauna sweat do a pool session then even that's hard to do especially if you're tired because like like for for me anyway i
2: i can't really sleep on planes very well like I like just cannot sleep for some reason um I don't know it's just like a thing I have so by the time I get to my destination I am a mess so so sleep deprived
1: so, so like you know for the general traveler they can take you know particular sleeping pills and stuff like I, that what what that means you can't or, I,
2: I literally don't take anything like yeah. I, if I get a headache I don't even take headache tablets because uh, you, you, you never know especially with 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 how me- often I get tested and, and everything like that, it's just, it's not worth it. Plus, again, like like Fab mentioned earlier with the, the 100 meter runner, I take a sleeping tablet, that puts me off. Like, and I've taken sleeping tablets before when I was younger, and I, I've never, I, you never feel very it's good when like you wake it up. It's not like sleep, it isn't, I've never
1: taken them, but I yeah, can't like imagine like, it being sleep.
2: You kind of feel drowsy, and, and like, it's a game of percentages, you know, and then when you get to the place, it's just that much worse, and
1: so, I don't know. So how much do you get tested for? any sort of like, cause a headache pill for a normal, mm. we talk about the normal human, um, clearly you're not the normal human so you can't do that. So how often do you get tested for?
2: It's, it's random testing. So you're in a pool and they can come at any time. For this last fight, like this year alone, I've been tested I think three or four times by USADA. Rock up at my house, 6am, boom, boom, boom. And then by 6.30 there's a bloke watching me pee. <laughs> so that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a thing to wake up to, tell you that much.
1: But so so no preparation, they just knock on your door like the Gungies yeah. and just say, Hey mm-hmm. give me some urine. Right.
2: <laughs> yep. Exactly that. Fire out. Oh, and bloods. They take bloods. bloods as well. So Yeah, but it, it's just it's just what you gotta do. Like I I think it's to be honest, I think there should be more. I oh, I'd be happy
0: to sign up for like a weekly test. Let's see people get through that. Yep, You know. Um, one of the things on, on that travel and everything, like we had Craig Alexander here as a guest uh, last week, and he's a famous triathlete. For those that don't know, uh, I don't know. He won the Hawaiian Ironman three times, two times back to back, etc., <coughs> etc. Et one of the things he's always talks he was talking about was, and other times that I've spoken to him, um, just like the balance of like keeping the sponsors happy whilst at the same time you um, you performing, and it's this funny relationship because you enter a business agreement with your sponsor whereby you're going to represent them and you're going to represent them in a positive light so that ultimately they can make money and part of that is turning up to sponsorship agreements and doing stuff for them etc which like they're not just giving you money for nothing you have to do that but on the flip side of that if you do that too much you can't perform and if you can't perform they're not going to want to sponsor you so a lot of it is your understanding that you entered a business agreement with, with someone, and it is exactly that. It's a business agreement, a partnership, whereby they're going to pay you provided that you do the things they want you to do and perform, whilst at the same time ensuring that you perform, mm-hmm. which uh, it can be at odds sometimes. Oh, s-
2: s- super amount of times, like uh, we, you've been the most, like the whole journey, and uh, Especially since I started getting sponsored, like, because uh, nobody wants to sponsor you when you you're not very good at what you do, when you're not getting the wins, when you're not super super in um when you're not winning, when you're not in the winning column, people don't want to sponsor you, they don't care. But uh, since it started having success, more sponsors have have jumped on board. And uh, at first, I'm like, yeah, yeah, bring more on. But then, then you start to worry about how much of that is eating into into your time. Like uh, into your training sessions, like how much is that session worth? And I've had a lot of discussions with Fab about it, and it's, it's like, uh, yeah, there've there been deep discussions on wondering how much is this session that you missed for this sponsor worth. So, uh, we, we, I like to think we found a nice balance of sponsors and time management. In a, in a way that I don't, I don't take on a ton of sponsors, and the sponsors that I do have understand how important it is for me. Not to be disturbed through certain periods, to keep to keep their um, <coughs> their uh, their appointments with me uh, between certain times, or keep them short and sweet. And and I don't know I have a more of a relationship with my sponsors than anything because they need to understand where I'm coming from, and I need to, and I understand where they're coming from. So, and once once you have that sort of relationship with a sponsor, like. I want to work for them you know and I think that's a big thing whereas you want, want this to work together and uh, finding that balance is hard though you know we, we've struggled with it in the past a couple of times and and I think we've found a good medium here but you know it, you always got to be switched on about it you always got to keep keep looking at it.
0: Again, I think it was with Craig as well when we were talking about like you get to a certain point <clears throat> in your in your athletic career and I think that's what Rob is now. Where the physical training is pretty much, you know when you have to go, what you have to do, um, what skill sets we we're all working on that, and that we have a pretty pretty good, we have really good group of coaches, um, auxiliary coaches as well that we can draw from, and a lot of the conversations and discussions and like I would say healthy disagreements that we've had are no longer really about training. It's not, like, and a lot of people ask that they like, go, <coughs> do you have a disagreement, like, where if Justin says to do this, you think it should, like, Alex thinks it should be that? And those conversations rarely, if ever, happen, like, tech- on a technical basis. because you know, at the end of the day, he's the one that's going to fight too, but we have a really good group, and that doesn't happen. But a lot of the times, it's about stuff surrounding, um, surrounding it. So say, for example, like, conversations like that where you say... A session is worth X amount of money, and there's five sessions in a day, so it's X times five, that's how much. You're gonna miss three days of training, right, that's just financially, you need to be compensated, I don't know, now my maths is terrible, five times 15, or 15 times X, right? That's just for that, but then we have to put into account on a sequential plan, how much missing those sessions costs? And how much are you going to get paid for that? And they're the centers around those discussions. So sometimes we, you might look like you lost 15 grand. You might look like you lost 20 grand. But in effect, we're, we're mitigating other problems by, by giving that money up or paying that money or whatever you have to do. I'm saying,
2: because like over the course of like three years, yeah, on the, on the same graph, you've lost something like
0: 200 grand. like how much is this skill set worth it's uh or or that decision you know what i mean because that decision is going to lead you down this path and then down that path and that path i've got a question for you fab how
2: hard is it to manage stuff like that to to be aware not only because you're my high performance coach, so you you manage like across the board my performance in outside of the octagon, which a lot of people don't realise It's like I don't rock up to the gym and and say Hey Fab, how you doing? And then leave the gym and say Bye Fab. No, you're you're on all the time. How hard is it managing someone like myself or a high high caliber athlete twenty four hours a day,
0: seven days a week? I I, I guess. I'm very flattered that you should say that, but um, I think first and foremost, um, everyone, like, I I believe everyone should do stuff to their skill set. So if you ask me to put this table together, even if you gave me (laughs) the instructions, come on, come (laughs) on, guys. I I can't help it because I know you're useless with your hands. (laughs) You should see him dance. fuck it's an fabric <laughs> fab um, if you ask me to put this table together I'm, I'm not going to be good at it I'm not going to be good at putting stuff onto a spreadsheet I'm not going to be good at, at a lot of things but there's certain things that I'm good at and there's certain things that my skills have gravitated towards and over the years like we are talking yesterday with a uh, Darren Harvey's like a producer. He was on the podcast yesterday, and he's talking about how he went through school for a long time, living with the stigma that he was stupid, because it's very hard to quantify the skill set that he has. And this guy's like, when he goes out and he um, f- he has to figure out the logistics of like when they're following the tour down under, how many helicopters to use, and when a helicopter can refuel, and all this, and how to film, or which camera angles, and da da da, how to bounce off the satellite, whatever. There's no subject for that at school. You know? So he went his whole life until he started thinking he was stupid. So my skill set I believe more so than anything is like in people management. And then I have I always surround myself with with people that I can learn from, both in that field specifically, and then just people that are good in their field in others. So like I don't know, guys like David, Andrew Canatley, Adnan the Accountant, people like that and I just draw from that. Then the other thing I've learned really, really, like, be conscious of, is to listen to my instincts and understand that, like, for whatever reason, they're, they're reasonably sharp. And so, another thing I, I understood goes from like, like Tim, Tim, the the guy we had here on the on the podcast, the psych dude. Um, only way to predict future behaviour is past behaviour. You know, I don't know if that's the only way, but that's certainly one of the the strongest ways. So you kind of look at situations. I like to read a fair bit. And so I look at a situation and I understand, like, what you're going through now, someone else has gone through it already. And when you've read enough of those, dare I say, case studies, they're like, it's, it's pretty obvious, you know. So for me, because I just do that stuff automatically, it's not that hard to do it. I don't know if you're asking me how hard it is. Like, mm. it's not that hard. Because it sounds like a. Like, okay, I've thought about the amount of stuff I put you through personally, and it's it's a nightmare. It's w- not, but it I isn't that hard. Myself. What What is hard for me? But but you think of this, like, if if I had to fight someone, it'd be extremely hard for me. It'd be hard. It'd be hard uh, psychologically to fight someone. It'd be hard physically for me to fight someone, and I'm not even like without certain skill sets at least but even then the the concept of fighting someone it, it'd be hard i don't like it it doesn't attract me but the other stuff it's not that hard for me to be honest like there's things that happen where i've been and it's hard personally probably you know people that are listening out they have to deal with me on a personal level it's it's probably hard <coughs> because like i'm in tune to that sort of shit so i'll always i like, be like well w- what did that mean and they're like just fuck off and leave me alone you know what I mean (laughs) just leave me alone but um, in general in general it's not hard because it's just my skill set and I understand that that's my skill set and I'm I'm exploiting that skill set and in fairness you're very receptive and intelligent to it whereas I can see like people sometimes go you should work with so and so and I think but I'll tell so and so or I'll say something and I don't I'm not saying that I'm always right but I'm saying like if I'm saying something to you and it's based on it and then you go, well fuck it, I'm gonna do whatever I wanna do anyways, and then it ends up being that I was right, (laughs) and then you do it again, and then you do it again, then you may as well listen to the radio. (laughs) So not everyone is gonna be receptive, and in fairness, not everyone's gonna click organically. You know, so I don't know, like that's, so it's not that hard for me. I think that's a big point too, is that the the clicking organically. Yeah, I I can't make it happen, like you know, You know, people, like, that. this is the other thing, I'm also, I think I'm also, one of my strengths is I'm pretty good at understanding that, like, I'll probably, we might be okay, you know, we might be good friends and we might be able to have dinner together and go, but that doesn't mean that we're able to train and perform at the level that you and I might be able Mm. to, because our relationship's different. Mm. But then again, you and I might not be able to go and have dinner together, for instance. We can't have dinners together? No, not anymore. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, different relationships require different things, and you have to be able to identify if this person you can have a really good business partner relationship with them, etc. And this person might be just someone you watch movies with, but you'll never enter a business. I've got friends that are great friends, but I would never enter a business deal with them. Mm. Like, not because they're bad people, they're just that's not the relationship you have with them.
2: Because people don't realise, like sometimes me and, me and Fab go to different sessions together throughout the day. <laughs> there are some days where, like me and him, leave for the first session at like eight o'clock in the morning, and we don't get home till about nine o'clock at night. Like that's a whole day, and like working together for with someone for that long is, you you have to click organically. Even if, yeah. it, like I said before, it's not you don't rock up to the gym and say hi, Fab, and then leave the gym and say bye, Fab. It's you know, if you want to tick all the boxes and do everything right, it, it, that, that has a lot to do with it.
0: The, the other thing is there are guys out there, though, that would operate much more. Like you could just give them a spreadsheet, for example, and say to them, this is the work you have to do, go ahead and do it. And that guy might go out and do that, and he works really well like that. And he requires, he's not really a people person, and he doesn't require that emotional content in, in, in the day-to-day life. But then there's other people that it's like, for me, for instance, like, I don't care what you have to say unless I kind of like you.
1: Then other than that, <laughs> I don't what, care. What happened in your past to make you <laughs> feel like that? So let's A bit of a counselling session parents, here. My yeah. parents, my parents. <laughs> no, that's, um, I'm I to explore that because before when we were talking about, Tim, about past events reflect your current sort of... Case study. What's your I case like study? No, no, what's I'm your like... case study? Well, just because you brought it up, like in the past, like because you have to be wired a particular way. So, was it family? Like what? I definitely family? think.
0: I think it's innate. Yeah. Like I'm drawn to certain things, and um, definitely my family for sure. Like my, my parents. Like don't like m- money outside of buying stuff is devalued versus relationships. Do you get what I mean? Like if I treated my mum and dad like shit, they wouldn't care if I earn whatever I earn. So money's devalued outside of being able to buy shit. Like we're not stupid; we don't go, money doesn't matter. Let's live in a hut. Like no, like yeah, money <laughs> money outside of relationships is devalued in, in in my household, in my parents' household, I should say. I don't think they ever said that to me, but it's very apparent. Um, so. I guess you learn to, to value the relationships you have with people. And uh, I think um, another thing is, uh, and Darren Harvey spoke about it yesterday, problem solving, understanding that like I'm not bound to somebody, I'm not bound to TAFE, I'm not bound to, to things like, in the sense, I'll, I'll figure it out. If I lose my job at TAFE, I'll figure it out, I'm going to get another job or something. It'll it, You will figure it out. And my mate, uh, Glenn, works for TAFE. He, he always says, oh, there's no such thing as uh, secure jobs; only secure people." So you got to like understand your skill set and understand your value in the market, I suppose. And that all comes, I think, from from my family. Like they, they, like I said, they, the values in relationships. We didn't grow up with a lot of money, so there, there was never like uh, like money wasn't a big thing in it. So. That's always allowed me to understand how people... The other thing is exactly what, what Darren Harvey said the other day. So that's allowed me to understand stuff. Like sometimes D- Darren was saying people come into the gym. No, no, he goes to people's gyms or he goes somewhere and he goes in himself. And this is stuff that I speak about with Rob. He goes he's himself and his two cameramen, for instance. And people speak to him and ignore the cameramen because the cameramen are deemed lower. And he lo- he looks at that as like... Like already this guy's not a good guy. Mm. Maybe he's just having a bad day's catfish diet. but if it happens three or four times, then he knows this guy is like piece of shit kind of thing you know my words not his and it's something that I think because of place so much value on in relationships inside my household um, it's it's there and so and you know like fuck unfortunately it is like I see it all the time like people don't treat people like this or, they don't treat, and, and I was fortunate enough to come through without being from a family, had money or anything, da, da, da. so I always got, like, the true sense of how people are, you know what I mean? I'm not particularly gifted as an athlete or as anything, so I got, I was always able to see, like, what how people treated me, or treated other people, so. Mm. Well,
2: <clears throat> with, so, would, are you saying that, like, once you see money as, as for what it is, it's just a tool in, in, in a
0: sense of, of purchasing This is my it. opinion. This yeah. is not what I think other people should be. Like, I'm just, so I'm not said, preaching. I'm just saying how I see it.
2: No, but because I can, I can tell that because I can see that your skill set is very, very heavily based towards connections and networks and, and interacting with other people, with humans, whereas myself, not so much. <laughs>
0: yeah, but I, I don't think that you value, I don't think that you put value, like say for example, this is just my observation. I don't. Your skill set, you mean, is because your skill set is based on fighting. Is that what you're talking about?
2: Yeah, and I'm, I'm anti-social at the best of times.
0: Yeah, but 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 I don't think that you place money out o- over your family. I yeah. don't see you, say for example, saying to Sophia, "No, you can't get this because I earn the money." You <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I definitely see money as as, as a tool. Yeah, it's a, it's a it means to an mind. end. Like I understand the importance of money. I understand that I have to earn set amount of money to do A, B, C, and D, and I don't want it to be a a burden. But i certainly, it's devalued in terms of relationships. Like it's not, and so my 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 primary concern is the running of a relationship. Like it's almost like an organism, you know what I mean? Like so, then when you build a team. You build a team based off those relationships and those networks, and those, that its relationship has to be strong. And it might sound all airy-fairy and whatnot, but at the end of the day, if the coaches don't get along, you've seen this how many yeah, times? Like, too many, too man, many. Like I was talking when we were talking with Craig. Like, we go, I, when we go overseas and I see coaches that, like, they, they might not even be aware that those connections exist. It's not even their fault. The coaches and the athletes, they're together for the wrong reasons. It's like any other relationship you might see, husband and wife, and you're like, "You're together for the wrong reasons." You know what I mean? This isn't going to last.
2: I've, 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 you know, it's funny you say that. You mentioned just then that, some, they, they don't even know that those relationship ties exist. I was very much like that until I started hanging out with you and we started working together, and you started making me aware of the different depths of relationships, and it's, it, it was. <laughs> To be honest, when 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 you first told me, it was like mumbo jumbo. Like I didn't. <laughs> this guy's high. <laughs> like I was like that's bullshit. Like that's not how this works. I just like and and more and more as 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 I, as I mature, I guess as a, as a person and as I get an understanding and as things you say constantly keep happening i see more and more of these ties and 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 why people are together for what reason and how they're not going to last together and how healthy i guess a relationship is and it, in in a coaching environment it is absolutely nuts when when you see those guys with like seven coaches come in and they're all, they're and, all and
0: if the seven get along well and they work
2: seven per, yeah exactly great but they don't a yeah, lot of the times so. this Seven coaches means there's seven personalities. And then you have to look at each personality. I was like, why is each one of these guys doing it for?
0: But you got five major, you got five main coaches too.
2: But, you know, thankfully you handle a lot of the the relationship side of that that part. Like obviously I have my own share and my part to do as well. But uh, because you're so wired towards relationships and relationship health and whatnot, it's, uh, it's much easier on me because you make me aware of certain things and you also manage certain things in a different sense so uh, like it's it's very important towards I think any team not just my team towards any team any business is the relationship health
0: of, of your staff members co-workers and all that well, I think people don't don't also I think a lot of times like you're talking to someone and they're like no 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 that's different you're talking <coughs> about fighting and we're talking about a marriage here and like it's not there's no difference it's like it's if and if you get if you're so you might be wired in a way that you can't think laterally but the dynamics might be a little bit different or whatever but a relationship is still a relationship and it doesn't mean that like i know or that i'm some perfect relationship person because fucking fuck you gotta say I'm, that you gotta say that that's guru yeah <laughs> see i was like uh i was like a guy that did the love song dedications so.
1: uh. Richard Mersall.
0: Richard Mersall, be like him. You have to, man. That's great. No, but, but it's more like um, just understanding that this is a relationship. This mm. is a relationship. Your partner at um, home, that's a relationship. And if you don't communicate adequately, if you don't, you know what? And sometimes, unfortunately, people don't understand this. It's come to an end. whatever reason it came to an end and a lot of the times people want to lay blame on it or want to lay or they go not necessarily to me but I I hear it they go oh he's gonna talk about a relationship he just got divorced what the fuck would he know and I think that doesn't mean that he didn't have a relationship it just means that the relationship occurred and now it's over and that person that got divorced probably have Better understanding, you know. Maybe you've been married for 30 years and you have a shit relationship. You sleep in separate fucking houses. Mm. It doesn't, you know what I mean? And you go, yeah. "We've never had an argument. When was the last time you spoke? 1998. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? It's funny talking. You like even even
2: just talking about it now. It's like I'm more and more realizing how undervalued relationships are and how relationships, like, is. It's not seen as a skill set. It's uh, I think it's because it's something you're born with since day dot is talking and interacting. or most of us interacting with other people, you don't realise the skill set that's in play. So you never try to improve on it. I think some people are just naturally good at it, and th- some people aren't because that's that's different stuff. But I think as a skill set, it's it's highly undervalued.
0: I think another thing that I've learned I've learned this like I kind of knew it but I've really like recently a few things have happened where it's like I really I've gone yeah okay cool I get that um, <clears throat> it's like don't make excuses for behaviour don't like don't and not for my own but not for my behaviour not for Rob's not for yours there might be and there's there's two separate things like this is my opinion I'm not this. I have no empirical evidence there might be some but I have none <laughs> um, this is purely anecdotal, you know. Like, don't make excuses, right? There might be a reason for something happening, and that's we can we can talk about that later. But don't make excuses. Like, if if you did something, I'm going to be like, and there might be a reason your cat might have died, or whatever. But when when it's high stakes and we we're dealing with a lot, like I'm gonna like know that you did what you did and um, if it affects Rob I'm going to come and now because we have a good enough relationship I'm going to come and say to Rob hey Rob A, B, C and D happened and this doesn't like this is what I think of this person it doesn't mean I hate the person it just means this person did these things let's wait and see what this person does and I think he's going to do this and then when that next thing comes up And it went the way that we thought it was going to go which might not be positive then you have to understand that this isn't happening by accident you know and sometimes it goes the other way and you go okay cool and then you realize oh that happened because he was having a bad day and that's okay but at no point do we excuse the behavior there might be reasons for it and the reason might come out later on and you're like his mom was sick and that's why he was this and he wasn't thinking and that's why he said that but when it starts going the other way, now nah, there's no my mum was sick, there's let's address this because we can't deal with that.
2: I think that highlights another another skill set that my team fortunately have has is uh, is Fab's awareness of of Prevent, uh, preventing problems before they before they happen. I think that's a that's a big thing. A lot of a lot of businesses, a lot of a lot of groups and training groups, and our team in particular have taken advantage of is is seeing a potential problem down the road and dealing with it well before.
0: In fairness, though, that's not just me. Like the all the coaches, like Justin Fitzgerald, um, Justin Lang, Alex, myself, were very open to having these conversations. And we're all very, very close. So we can have disagreements. We can... So it's not like I'm some, like, jab of the heart sitting there working this out. Like, I can have these conversations. And they got so much experience. And then the other thing that's crazy is, like, Justin Lane has John Lane, who's his father, and Martin Lane, who's his brother, to draw from. And, you know, when I say to you, the only thing to predict it is the past behavior, John Lane's seen it. Yeah. You know, and then through Alex... You have like guys like Sergio Pena and Marilla Bustamante and pff, Alex's older brother, uh, Andrew Canatley, uh, through Justin Fitzgerald, he's gone through it all with Sakyo and with other fighters and then guys like, like I said, Andrew Canatley, Adnan, our accountant, to a lesser extent because they've just come on board, but Titus and Stuart um, McKinnon, like they, Stuart McKinnon, seen it all in combat. Um, they they still coming into the fold, it, so to speak. But like we have such a rich network of people. Yourself, you know, other guys, guys like Eli. That's always on the, on the on this thing as well on the podcast. That has done so much coaching and that. We don't turn around and go, oh no, we're not. Right? no. I want to hear what their opinions are, and you can draw so much from them. And then we sit down and we come to a decision. But you can only do that. Oh, sorry. No, no. Go, go. But
2: you can you can only do that though, if you have a positive relationship with the people around you no otherwise is like, exactly nothing like 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 me coming into the TAFE and talking with dave and talking with eli and, and, and a lot of the other staff members here so i can only do that because i've of, of, of nurtured a relationship here with with them during different times i've been here
1: yep so i've heard you both speak and this is like because i've just been listening not really sort of chat too much but in terms of a business sense, like, because it is, are a business, yeah? At the end of the day, you are a business. What is your business structure in that sense? Because it sounds like that internal network, are you, like, because you're talking marketing, you're talking budgets and all that sort of stuff. Where does uh, the business model kick in for you guys? Do you want to answer? it? I'll, I'll start it.
2: <laughs> I think you can go into t- in more depth. Um, Cause I barely understand it to be honest. No, um, but, but
1: that's your role in the business too. Like you can't know the everything. The thing
2: is, I think, being that the the athlete that I am as a as a fighter, I think a lot of people have preconceived notions of what I do, and what it, what it is. The group around me does, and they. I think, I think, the perception is that like I'm a thug. We train. We punch things. We get into the ring. We we punch other things. <laughs> we we go home. Get paid. Pay people. Like that's it. But that. That's that's not how it works. Not not from, in my case anyway. I, I like to think that the operation we run here and the business we run here <coughs> is no different to any other successful business out there, uh, and not just in 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 this field. I th- I'm talking across the board mm. is that we we have a successful business like any other. We 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 have overheads. We have staff members, and we 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 have. We have deadlines, we, we have demands that need to be met, and all that is just part of the process, which is how we, we, we run things. And we, we run a tight ship, and you know, like, uh, Fab, take over.
0: Well, I think the, the number one thing is like, you know, you said um, all of that, but you're a business as well. But I, I think that the way I've always seen it is with, number one, first and foremost, we're a business, and, um, f- and we have to have access to foresight. So that only comes from having experience. And we're only going to be able to draw on that experience from having a strong team that are at different levels of that foresight. So um, I don't have the business foresight that Andrew Canoutley does or that Adnan does. And um, I'm kicking myself now for a different topic. Like Adnan, our accountant, told me to do something and I didn't do it. And not I couldn't do it at the time, but I should have done it. Um, so I see us as like a conglomerate of... Um, four or five different businesses, maybe more, five, six different businesses and um, and business partnerships. And none of those business partnerships work by themselves. I mean, like they can work by themselves, but now that we're going, it's a conglomerate that's come together. And one of the conduits for that is Rob. Another one is fighting combat sports in general from the rest of the fight team. Another one is training and, uh, for example, um, consultancy work that we might do. And um, definitely education is another conduit. And that that's how I see the business structure.
1: Because yeah. like, um, for, for the general thing, you would think that a normal business structure in this game is Rob's the head, you're the CEO, you're calling all the shots. Underneath you, you have this team of coaches, they all work for you. Like I'm just taking, if, if you take a, a very structured business model where you're the CEO, but it sounds like in this relationship, it's not that, it's a whole bunch of smaller individuals. I would,
0: yeah, I would yeah. see it as a conglomerate of yeah. businesses and Rob, Robert Whitaker MMA is, is a strong one. Mm.
2: We, yeah, we're, um,
0: that's exactly how we say it. I think we're all, we're all partners in this business and we're not- so, Sorry, Rob, to cut you off. Just sorry. just to, In Robert Whitaker MMA, I would see Rob as the CEO, absolutely. But that's only one one, one part of the
1: of a the bigger collective business. thing. Because
2: we 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 are we, not limited to just fighting. And yeah. That's a big thing, and that's a that's a big thing that has helped me a lot in my success and, and with 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 just living, is knowing that I'm not just a fighter. I don't need to just get in there and punch people to earn a living. I am so much more than that. And I, and through this conglomerate, if you will, through through my networks and through my my partners is. Uh, We've, we've worked things out, like I, it's not my only source of income and it's not my only source of work. I, I have many different skill sets that allow me to do different things outside of the octagon, and the octagon is just one part of a bigger
0: chain. It's obviously also the, the octagon is the best use of his skill set, which I see at TAFE sometimes, it's like a ridiculous misuse of mm-hmm. skill sets. It's just to say, oh, you, you know, you didn't fill in your TPDs, we like blah 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 blah, and I think like yeah, you're like use your brain. It's like me saying, Rob, from now on, I'll, Thursdays and Fridays, I want you to be the receptionist because I want to really spread out this skill set. And Barbara, <laughs> once a week, you have to do some hard sparring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So his skill set is his best skill set at this moment is fighting. So we must take advantage of that in this business model. And another thing that's very important is, this, and I've taken a lot from TAFE, like a lot of the stuff that we do, And we, some, there are some things that TAFE does amazingly well, and it's so far ahead of the curve. And then there's some stuff that's archaic, you know. But um, another thing is the scaffolding, so say for example, in that conglomerate, there might be live athletics, stand strong boxing, um, you know. Bulldog uh, Castle Hill. Bulldog Castle Hill. Um, Gracie, uh, Gracie, yeah, Gracie <laughs> yeah, Gracie Smith Grange, um, Robert Whitaker MMA, Tafe New South Wales in particular, the Aboriginal unit, Macquarie Fields Health Fit, all of that. So there's this conglomerate of businesses that all work together in yeah. different to, to different levels. And the scaffolding occurs, and this is sometimes people don't get this is like I don't have to sit here and go in this episode wear a Live Athletic shirt yeah. because. Justin is Justin's live athletic Miranda shout out is gonna get its um it's gonna get its moment in the sun just from being around us and from him growing, we create the scaffolding for stand strong to get stronger because we're all associated. And it doesn't have to be like, say for example, Andrew Canatley runs Avoca Clothing and Kaplan Homes. You know, okay, that's another shout out. But I don't have to sit here and I'm shout sure. them out shame because it starts yeah. to become synonymous anyways. So the whole little business model starts to become synonymous. And uh, there isn't that ego thing in the middle of it because mm. there isn't a thing where Justin Fitzgerald will ring me and say, I-, I noticed that you mentioned David Roberts four times and me three times in that <laughs> podcast. <laughs> there isn't. But, but, we laugh, but it's very prevalent. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, definitely. Ego is a killer. Massive.
0: Yeah. But as good Gracie, <laughs>
2: Gracie affiliates, we leave our egos at the door. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Gracie Jiu Jitsu and Grange. <laughs> Shout out. Topham yeah. Road, 356. <laughs>
0: 35 classes a week starting at 6.30 a.m.
1: Wow. So, yeah. Um, just building that, like you've got a fight coming up. In terms of like you were talking about all the pressure, all that sort of stuff. Jet lag. What's your plan moving into this next one because it's huge, right? It's, it's
2: yeah, well, we we got to, we were talking about the trip
0: in New York and we just <laughs> derailed. <laughs> Here's another thing, you know, on that same topic. I just asked something because I saw um, a podcast the other day. Uh, Australian dude talking with talking with TK. Shout out to talking with TK. <laughs> Today's shout out day. But um, he's a dude that started a podcast as well, and I was I want to try and get him on our podcast. Uh, so he had Dorian Yates on the on his um, on his podcast, and uh, Dorian Yates, for those don't know, won won Mr. Olympia, I don't know, like six times or something. And uh, he was saying that he based himself out of England and trained in like this relatively small gym in England. And they said, why don't you go and train in the US? That's where all the big body, big. And he said he loved training in England because when he went there, he realised that the bodybuilding world in the U.S. was like a fraternity, you know, Venice Beach and whatnot, and he loved training at home because they didn't know anything about him, whereas they all kind of knew about each other, and I found that that was a parallel with you.
2: Yeah, definitely, because uh, I also find uh, one of our guys the other day went to a comp the other day, and everyone's going up to him going, like, where do you train out of? Do you do MMA? Well, where's your MMA classes? And so it's funny, because, like... We, we are one of the, I'd, I'd like to think, we're like the, one of the best teams in the world at, at Mixed Martial Arts at what we do at combat. And we don't run an MMA class. Like we, we have such a tight team. There's just a, a few in the crew. We're not, we're not recruiting, like if, if people want to join us up, we, we're never out looking for members. It's just, it just has to be like an organic thing and we just work together real well. And the fact that like when we went over to New York, the other fighters, they don't know me <laughs> they know nothing about me they don't know how how we live down here <laughs> they, don't, they don't know anything but the best is
0: us. like the opinions like this guy came in to do like a a story on rob and and like <clears throat> that the, the people have opinions but they don't know anything they're like how does rob get by without having the training partners to to train with you <laughs> know and you think like what like, the fuck are you talking about? Jacob, Izzy don't exist. Danny. Yeah, like, yeah, and the, the guys are there. Like, the guys are, like, right there with the wall is, You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. They're standing next to me, you know? And, and, like, people don't... They don't know, you know? And you hear, like, you know, commentators and whatnot saying how, you know, he doesn't... Without wrestling partners or without this or without that, and I just think, like, what do you... Like, you think he's just, like, that gifted that he doesn't yeah, train. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have training partners. Um, yeah, so I think that that, like, I was just... That, that I found it interesting When I saw that on the, on the The podcast But Sorry you were saying about No
2: that, that, That's more or less it I, I like sticking to myself I like sticking with my friends Sticking with my team Because it Like All of it aside I enjoy what I'm doing Like And I think that's the biggest part Because I train too much Not to enjoy it I, I, I sweat too much, I bleed too much. I'm, uh, it's too much stress to not enjoy it. And uh, I have a great team, we care for each other. I have a great relationship with my teammates and my coaches. We get work done, we go overseas, we get the job done, we come back. I see my family every day. I pop in, I see them throughout the day sometimes. some they there are options there that they can drive and watch me train, and I think that's that's perfect. You couldn't take that away from me, you know, if, if it was, if it was between living like this and, and, and leaving my family, like it's not even a joke. It's not even a choice.
0: But aside from your family and that, the <coughs> training, you've trained overseas, the training, how mm. comparable is the training?
2: Uh, it, it's, the doc, I think the biggest part with training that I've learned in, in, in my, my career thus far is that the training has to agree with you. you if, if You can do whatever you want if it works for you. Like that's fine, and and you see that across the board with the mixed martial artists is that this guy does this and this guy does that. This guy doesn't train at all. Like you're not just heard, in, my, in anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In all sports, and like uh, as long as it works for you, that's fine. This is what works for me. I, I have my team. I have my partners. I have my sparring partners. I have my boxing partners. I have my wrestling partners. Um, you know, I, I have all my coaches here. I have my family here. I have the gyms that I need here, and I. I take to it. I'm super receptive to this training. I get better every session. I think every time you see me step in the octagon, I'm 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 a better version of myself. And uh, as long as I'm getting the results I need, this is what I need, and this is where I'm from. This is great. You know, I, th- I think we have a lot of success here. Let's not ruin the recipe. Uh, yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it.
0: Um, Titus, when he said he what he well once we were talking, just it wasn't on the podcast, but. We were just talking and he said uh, success is the DNA. And when you take away like one of those strands, small as it may be, you don't know what, you know, you don't know if it's, it's gonna, gonna, gonna be a potato out. or you're, a chicken. You're, you're getting a mutant. It. Yeah, you don't, you don't know. So it's, I think that's very important <laughs> as well. A potato yeah. or a chicken. Could be. <laughs> There's not that much difference. <laughs> Isn't there? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not.
1: <laughs> you change stuff. You know how they say like that. D- I think. No, 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 I no. I'm serious. Big,
0: you know how they say like, say for example, we don't talking about the chromosomes like there's oh, not. I wouldn't have a clue. Oh fuck isn't. He's laughing <laughs> me. He's laughing me. And now we're all going Look. back with your tails between your legs. Oh, hell. Everyone's going backwards. <laughs> Man,
2: biology <clears throat> with fab. We'll I'll I'll do that. what I can. Wednesday night's bowling. You watch. At 5, you watch.
0: PM. Go tell us about your bat. Go tell us about the bat. Tell us about the four meter bat. On, oh, come on, man. It was, it was, uh, a,
2: it was an accident. He told th- us he had I a thought, four meter bat. No, I thought. He told us he, had, he I saw a four meter bat. The fruit bats in northern in the Northern Territory can get huge. Yeah, not four meters. Though. Not four meters, but. <laughs> They <laughs> told everyone it
1: was four meters. Is that the Batman sort of story that you wanted to be a four meter bat? Is that
0: no? Nah, he was telling us this. This oh, is a true story. Don't yeah. don't gloss over it. <laughs> yeah.
1: No. But wasn't we talking before? who wanted to be Batman. Him. You? you did. You you. No, nah, nah, you did. I didn't want to be Batman. you have got no superpowers. Move move forward. Move forward. <laughs> move forward. Um, so so just sort of bringing sort of the the jet lag. So pretty much what your your what, nearly a month out mm-hmm. from a fight?
2: Yeah, so we, we're just a little bit over five weeks, closer to five weeks now, from my rematch with your Romero. Uh, things are going perfect. Yeah. Like, I haven't felt this great before a fight in, in so long.
1: Biggest thing that shot up was uh, the poster that you did with Romero on the bus. Oh, yeah, <laughs> That yeah. just went viral. Everyone loved it.
2: Yeah, because, like, it's funny. We, we Obviously, we only had one bus, for, for obvious <laughs> reasons, and uh, we were all hopping on and... And like every seat was taken. The last guy to hop on was Yo. And the only available seat was next to me. And it was, of course it was. Like, of yeah. course of course I had to sit next to y'all the yeah. whole thing. But what's funny is that that trip, oh, I spent so much time with him. Yeah. Like not only the bus trip there, but then, at the press conference and then I had a bunch of media dates with him that I had to, had to we had to sit next to each other or we had to ask, answer questions like one me, one him, one me. It was, it was so weird, so awkward. But lucky enough, he's a, he's a super top guy. He's a real nice, humble, down to earth guy. And, and it was easy to do. Yeah, it still, by the end of it, I was still very happy to leave his presence because as much as I like the guy, I know I still have to fight him. Yep. And, and that never leaves my mind. So uh, I'll be much happier once this fight's done because then you know, we can be friends, he's a nice guy. But yeah, I ended up spending so much time with him. And yeah, uh, yeah we, but it was a good successful trip. We, went to, we finished up the trip with, in Chicago, uh, went to the arena where the Michael Jordan statue is. It was, it was, un, it was unreal, <laughs> yeah. it was unreal. It was uh, obviously a very famous arena. Chicago is a nice city. It's a beautiful city. You know, it was, it was snowing there still. But they had some late snow. So I, I definitely wasn't dressed for that. Uh, coming out of summer in Australia, and then we jumped to, like, New York, and
1: and, um, and Chicago was freezing. Just with that, with your fighting, like, you, so you're coming from Sydney. <laughs> it's <laughs> freaking random weather at the moment, too, and then you're on to Chicago. How much does temperature and sort of the environment shifts and with your fighting?
2: Yeah, it, it, it can change, but, like... I train a lot indoors, yep. it's, the biggest difference was like, like the last, the trip that just passed, That was, it was a big difference because like obviously we were leaving from summer in, in, in Australia to winter, like just the end of winter, winter of Brooklyn, Chicago, which was cold, oh. cold, but uh, you know, luckily we're going to leave cold here, go to hot there in the summer in Chicago, so it should be good. We finish up with that trip, like I was saying before, did all our media, finished up in Chicago, but... Unfortunately, we lost a man in Brooklyn. We did. You wanna, What did he do, Fab? Like, you can talk. No,
0: it's your story. It's, it's your. I'll it's say. Your I'll tale. say. I'll say something before that though. I think cold, cold to hot, like Australian really? cold to hot overseas, it doesn't really affect us that much. I don't think because um, Australia doesn't get that cold, that cold and we're used to the heat, so it's not would you say it's not
2: that bad yeah it's it's not that bad every time we go to Vegas and the desert heat it's like it's it's annoying because I don't like the heat to begin with but it's not that bad but I think
0: heat to extreme cold is a bitch
2: yeah well the thing is because we don't ever get the cold cold like winter Minus here 20. yeah winter here oh, I can still wear no jumper like we're good over there there's snow like it's freezing and it, it's hard to deal with because I'm not, I don't have the clothes for it. <laughs> like I, was,
0: I just took shorts overseas <laughs> and it was freezing. I did not get caught out. I do not get caught out with cold because I don't handle cold. So i got like a, like a, it's not here, it's in my car, but it's like a ski jacket for now. He wears it, he wears it here in
2: Australia, <laughs> like in Sydney. Like he wears a ski jacket, like it's ridiculous.
0: There's yeah, no doubt. caught out. <laughs> There's no Never. difference. Never.
1: So, so who got lost?
0: I didn't get lost. You tell the story, Rob. Tell <laughs> okay. it, tell it. So, if you start something, you have yeah. the balls to finish it. <laughs> the, end, the end of uh, the Brooklyn part of the trip,
2: uh, Fab comes down to the lobby limping. And he's like, he's like, oh, I think there's something wrong with my toe, but it'll be all right. And I go, show me it. He showed me it. His foot was like this. And there was like, a. it looked like. Have you seen Alien? Yeah. Have you seen it when the things about to oh, explode yep. from his belly? It looked like that was on his toe. And uh, and I was like, man, you're gonna lose your foot. You you need to go home and get that checked because in, in the States, hospital fees and all that are quite high, like they're gnarly. So I was like, we're only here for another day or so. Just go home now, because just leave a day early, change your flights and he's like it, like it took a little bit confusion. we were in Brooklyn we were in Brooklyn still so we still had the Chicago lag which was like a flight there one day then home but I was like just go home now get it sorted out make sure it's not as bad as it could be so you don't lose your foot <laughs> and he's like, it was bad yeah and then he ended up leaving so we flew to Chicago which is like a two and a half hour flight
0: we didn't fly
2: no I flew to Chicago No yeah you oh, did. I, too, I did too yeah. yeah No we flew to Chicago Which is a two and a half hour flight Which is annoying to begin with Then he Jumped on a flight From Chicago To Dallas And I was meant to get from Dallas To Sydney
0: that night But But his, uh, He got to Dallas And you missed your flight Flight got delayed The The, the, the Chicago Dallas flight got delayed and he and he missed his flight in dallas so he had to stay a
2: night in dallas with his foot dying like he was just by himself in texas and he had to stay like the whole day over to try to jump on the next plane like it was
0: like it wasn't like the next morning it was like the next night but then like our manager uh, his management organized six degrees shout out six degrees <laughs> management they organized for a doctor to come and see me for a very reasonable price it was like 600 dollars australian um so doctor came out like at midnight. I hope it was a fucking doctor. <laughs> I that genuinely that hope, that? hope it wasn't like a doctor. <laughs> it was not a doctor. Probably <laughs> a paid actor. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it was not a doctor. I don't know any doctor that would come out at midnight
0: to some stranger in Dallas. He came out with a foot fetish, Dude, yeah. he came out, he looked at my foot, he said it was bad. You know, my foot was like a cabbage patch kid's foot. And uh, then he, he, he went, good guy too, that guy. He went out and got me the um, antibiotics that I needed. He just went to his car. <laughs> he's, he was a drug dealer. He was a drug dealer. He was a drug dealer that and they set
2: up, and he just went, yeah, he yeah. Said, you just got to pretend to be a doctor. And he, just, he just looked at your toe,
0: and they went to back his boot and just got hey, some pills. One thing I will say, the drugs in the US are really good. those antibiotics worked harder, faster, and better than any other shit i've ever taken you looked stronger when i saw you you looked stronger like healthier
2: because what was funny is by the time he caught his flight and by the time
0: i left it was almost the same time yeah so i just spent like time in texas <laughs> doing nothing like it was. it was it was texas is a nice place where people are good <laughs> yeah so yeah that was how that trip
2: ended but now we're into the final stretch. It's just uh, five weeks left. We're just getting through the last hard training. But even still, it's not really hard training. We've been training the whole year round. We've just been plugging away. We're not, we're not rushing to get fit. We're not rushing to lose weight. Everything's on point. It's just, uh, we're just doing what we do day in, day out. Just, just hitting our sessions, enjoying them. And, uh, and then eventually it'll be time for us to leave, fly over there, cruise into the weight, Get the job done.
1: So with that, with what we're talking about, for about jet lag and stuff, when you're looking at leaving, twenty sixth
2: of May. Twenty six. So I leave. I leave two weeks early. You know, by that stage, like if you're not fit by two weeks out, you're not getting fit. Like you've made mistakes. You're you're behind. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, we'll leave two weeks early. We'll get to we'll get to Chicago. We'll move around every day. We'll drill still. The program stays the same. Um, and then you know the fight week is just just moving around, weight management, make the weight, rehydrate, re- eat all your food, re- replenish and then, you know, fight time.
0: People don't realize he's, like, he's not a small middleweight, Like they say he's a small middleweight. He'll, he's like, what are you, 96, 96 and a half now?
2: Yeah, I'm 96 kilos out of season, so. so like, like now, now you know, you're 96. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm lean 96 now, like I, I, I walk around and train at this weight, so. Yeah, I I don't know why people have this notion I'm very small.
0: I'm massive, bro. (laughs) Massive. (laughs) Romero looks jacked. Yeah. Romero (laughs) Romero looked jacked.
2: Romero was still bigger.
0: He looked massive, dude. When we were in New York, I was like, "Fuck, this guy's huge." I've got
1: thicker ankles, but
0: <laughs> yeah, let, let the record show I've got thicker ankles.
1: Does that show up on the stats at the side of the?
0: Uh, I hope so. <laughs> Did you see the photo of ankle them? Ankle width. Did you see the photo of them on the?
1: Yeah, we'll about mentioning it. it earlier.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. How like the one spare seat was next to me.
1: <laughs> With that, like, how is he so big? Like, just, just like, fr- from a, you know, Fabio you know, fitness teacher, you know, all that stuff. How does someone get that big but still make weight?
0: I don't think he's... In fairness, all the jokes aside, I don't think he's that much bigger than Rob, to be honest. Height-wise? He's nah, him. he's... he's shorter, a little bit shorter. Yeah, and the build is very different, but like Rob was saying earlier, like, Rob's got a different build. Like He's got thicker legs. the like, ankles. Yeah, no, well, the, the, the bones are thicker. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like, he's got bigger, thicker bones in his legs, like Romero's got massive thighs, but Rob is not small. They're just kind of built different. And Romero's like he's like a classic mesomorph, like that hourglass sort of yeah. figure. And Rob's more like a Say Popper. So say,
1: like, <laughs> say like it. Like What's somebody stuck,
0: I'm interested in. <laughs> like like somebody stuck arms and legs on a popper. <laughs> like that. So <laughs> has been calling me <laughs> since they he's built I'm like a pop-a. What, what flavour? Uh, he's built like a like a Westinghouse, but Bit, bit bigger, <laughs> we have a guy at the gym, Izzy. Yeah, yeah. Izzy Kefu,
2: Shout out, shout out to Izzy Fittikefu, <laughs> who literally looks like a fridge. Yeah, yeah, he no. looks like a
0: little black fridge. <laughs> like, oh man, yeah, a- no, but it's a different build. So yeah. Romero's not, he's look, he, I think he will struggle to get to the weight. Um, it's not easy for Rob to get to the weight. Romero's probably.
1: Because he didn't make weight last fight, yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, yes, he didn't. And he didn't make it, like people don't understand. One point seven kilos or something he missed weight by. In boxing, he'd been a different weight division. And one point seven kilos in a guy like that is
1: fucking huge. And I've
0: yeah. cut I've cut weight before. Two hundred grams is the difference between me going to hospital.
1: Fire
2: up. like and yeah uh, that's a big chunk.
1: because yeah. that's like Fab and I spoke about before around. Like, you know, all that fight week and that preparation, um, people think it's a party and it's like, oh, yeah, like, oh, it's fight week, but it's work for you guys, and <laughs> you're actually cutting oh, the worse. weight and,
2: and, and you get hammered I don't but know who sees it thinks it's a fight a party, <laughs> they should be shot. Like, oh, no, but like yeah. the
1: general punter, like, they don't understand the bigger science of thing they just say, oh, you're a superstar. Fight
2: week is the worst week, like, and I think that was a big thing, like, um. Uh, Talking to Fab earlier today, it's like that's. I think that's why I only, I don't take a lot of fights during the year. Like I don't try to cram as many as I can in there because it's a stressful thing, you know. The 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 lead up, the prep, the week itself, it's very stressful. And it's like I don't think I liked that sort of stress. Obviously, I think where I'm at now, I'm I'm in a better place to because I'm enjoying everything a lot more. But uh, that that week is the worst week of your life because everyone, every fighter is cutting weight and they're moody. Yeah. And everyone has to fight everyone, so th- they're also guards up, like... Uh, and and the, it's
0: so highly stressed. The coaches are stressed. Yeah. And the like, UFC staff are stressed. Yeah,
2: you bump into pe- into their coaching staff, you bump into the, the, your opponent, and like, we're gonna fight soon. I hate you. Like, yeah.
0: it, it's, it, it is it's is very, it, very stressed. It's funny because, like, you know, the other thing is, like, in that fight week, and people don't understand this as well, the media people are on deadlines. Like, you got to get this done by this time and get it out and get it done. So the media guys are on, are on deadline and they're stressed. The producers of the show are stressed. The UFC staff are stressed. The people who look after the athletes to make sure that all the athletes are on weight, like the the guys that work for the UFC, they weigh you in, you know, like they weigh you in mm. when you get there. To, how are you going to ever fucking make weight? You know what I mean? Those people are stressed. They're stressed until they see, you know, their main event walk through the doors and then they are stressed their whole way through in case the main event falls down a flight of stairs and they have to cancel the main event. So they're all stressed, everyone's stressed and the fighters, the staff, coaches, everyone. Fight night happens, win, lose or draw. After that, like the next day, it's like totally different, eh? Like, Like, it's night and day because no one cares anymore.
2: Because to be fair, whether I win or lose on the the Sunday, um, which is monday here on the sunday morning no one cares about me no one cares about how the fight went no one cares about about what i'm going to do next until my next announcing like no one cares anymore because it was it was all for that one night and now it's over and everyone is just de-stressed because there's no there's no longer enemies we're not we're not fighting anymore we're not supposed to fight anymore we have fought that's done there's no show there's no weight cuts it's it's like everyone becomes a little bit more normal, and it's uh, it's weird, dude. Unless
0: you're a total fucking knob, like, or unless there's something really personal between the groups
1: and the, the fighters themselves, like. Do you find that fight week will intensify, like group, like, because I see that these are a tight knit group, and if someone you know says some shit about you, like, does, do you feel that vibe? That I,
0: I don't know what about me. Personally? No, no, just like
1: because you are a tight knit group, and if the other Fight camp is, you know, talking crap and stuff like that. There's
2: people don't really talk crap about
1: us because we keep to yourself.
2: We that's exactly it, like they they can't.
1: Because you see it with Conor McGregor and all that sort of shit. That there's a stigma around that image that these people hate each other.
2: I think he wants that image, but yeah, I think I
0: think and like fair play to him, you know what I mean? Like, I think he definitely um, perpetuates it you know like um and if you're going to fight someone that's going to do that on the flip side of it to me i'd be like go right ahead and do it because i know what he's doing like he wants to sell tickets and he's very good at it so um i don't even think other than whatever happened when he threw the thing through the bus but i don't even like i could not even take that serious do you get what i mean like i like i don't know and if someone were to say something like about me like who the fuck am i i'm like yeah. what why would you bother Do you know yeah. what i mean like so i i wouldn't care like because
1: um, the vibe that's coming up is that after the fight ewan romero is gonna have a burger together like that's he's, he's a good guy yeah he's a good guy. Like, we're, we're enemies until june 9 yeah. but after that
2: you
0: know i'm a, I'm a very much like uh leave it on the field <laughs> sort of bloke Yeah. so uh, uh, in brooklyn you saw stephen thompson Yep. And Stephen Thompson had beat Rob just before you went up to middleweight. Quite handedly. <laughs> and then, and then um, like, they were just talking like normal. Like, and, like, I think if you're at that level, and this is what a lot of people don't understand, you know, like, people read self help books and they go, you know, the secret to success is because Robert believed, like, at the end of the day, man, like, you could fight someone and you win. And the next time you read the same self help books, you do two forward rolls and pat your head, like, everything. And then you go see the same psychologist. And you bob when you should have weaved, and the dude takes your head off. And that that's it. That's the truth of it. And I think the dudes at that level understand that, too. Like, they understand that. Can go the other way, too. Like, we're not going into this fight going, oh, you know, beat Romero once. May as well not train. Like, yeah.
1: but, but with that, say, like, we were talking before about the weight cuts and that sort of stuff where, you know, Rockhold took a fight with the weight. What's going to happen? So, what, what what will happen? Like we talk about all this pressure of fight week. Do you, do you even think about that at this stage, or are you just like, "Pull nah. this. This is my we, goal." We don't, don't worry about the hype. He might make weight. He might.
2: Every, everything damn, damn. regarding him, we don't worry about. Like that's, yeah. that's his problem. Um, we, we're just we've got enough on our plate with just me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and, and everything else we're doing, like uh, we're going to focus on what we can do and, and what we have control over, and that's it. That's all you really can do. Yeah, You know, and then and yeah, and we're 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 doing that.
0: So It's yeah. hard enough. You know, it's like when you go for a job interview. It's like you got enough worrying about have you got your presentation right? You know, worry about how good the next yeah, bloke is. The thirty other people yeah. that are applying for the same position.
2: Yeah, it's like yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter. So yeah, more or less like that's been the last couple of months leading up to this next fight as well. We just got, I think we, we just finished doing UFC Embedded. Yeah. So uh, I think that's the last of the media obligations. So we, we, we really are just coming into the last last in Still still over a month to the fight and still still about just under a month till we leave. But uh, yeah, we, we, we're just doing what we do. Day in, day out, same stuff. You know, we, we, we have a, a teammate fighting this weekend, Jacob Malcolm. He's fighting for the light heavyweight title. It's uh, gone
0: up in weight he's in to fight mm. Duke Didier Didier Embrace in Canberra. So that that's gonna be good and uh, Jacob's brilliant. definitely someone that will to keep your eye on. you will probably find in the UFC very With very either. soon. Or
2: Bellator or something like that. Definitely. he's he's one of my main sparring partners, training partners, uh, friends.
0: Just mm. so far, so call him a friend? Oh uh, yeah. Is that what we're doing now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. So yeah. I suppose yeah. Izzy's your friend too?
2: He's my friend.
1: Alright. So on the card too, what you got Ty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, ties on that card.
2: And you mean in terms of other Australians? Other Australians in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, tied yeah. to with there. Yeah, yeah. Um, as yes. well as that Megan Anderson. Yeah, Megan. Anderson. She's she's on there. I think that's it for yep. for Australians. Keep going. I'll look it up. Yeah. I think that's yeah, it? That's but but the card itself is stacked. It's, it's a big it. card. Kobe Kobe Co- Covington and RDA. Um, we got the CM Punk is. This oh
1: yeah, CM it? Punk. CM Punk's on there. <laughs> yep.
0: Uh, Dave, did you? Are have you a, a wrestling fallender? fan? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I was going to ask you. Did you? Were you a wrestling fan?
1: Yeah. Do you? you can so you know tell you us CM about Punk? CM yeah, Punk? Yeah. Is he good uh, as he a wrestling? There. As a W? Yeah, he was. He was one of the best. I think he had a big falling out with the McMahon family, and that's why he sort of left the WWE. Oh. So he's a bit of a renegade sort of guy, but he's he was like sort of you know, a bit more of an underdog, a rebellious sort of type character. Mm. Um, but yeah, but yeah nah, he's he's a bit of an icon in the wwe i yeah, think everyone wants him to come back <laughs> um but triple h and the mcmahons are not apparently i don't know if you ever believe that rumor stuff but yeah no nah, but CM punk he, he lost his first fight i watched that he yeah he did yeah to, so. to
2: that young kid that uh, Mickey mickey Gore. mickey
1: yeah yeah yep, but megan anderson uh i follow her on sort of snapchat and stuff she's She's fighting Monda. Yep. No not fucking oh,
0: Holy. I, I just yeah I have it here. Mm. Um no it looks like a good card, like stacked from top to bottom. There's some really good
1: you know Ty pretty well. Are?
0: Like I, I don't Rob knows him better than me. We've yep. been trying to get him on the podcast, but he's, he's in Thailand at the moment. Gone on yeah. yeah. Um He's not even in the country. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, in Thailand. He's, like I I what are we gonna ask about Ty?
1: Oh, just like you, you know, your views on sort of him as a you know as an Australian fighter and they, like that persona that all the fighters are overseas and stuff. Where you got this new sort of like this new sort of age of Australian fighters that are coming through.
2: Like, Ty is just uh, you know he's born to be a fighter. Obviously, I think he's like a very pure sense of that of
0: that concept. I think getting paid to fight is like a Western commodity. Yeah. for him you know what I mean like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't think it would matter to Ty like he, he's like if I in the few times I've spoken to him he's like been nothing but a gentleman you know but you can tell he's not like it's not a game to him like he's a legit fighter he can fight you no, know, he's, he's a got,
2: good guy though like I get along well with him
0: and he's got uh, all the talent in the world I'm, to go I'm the very whole way I'm excited to see how he, how, how he goes
1: good. it's awesome no, it sounds like a exciting card and obviously you're the headline no, I'm <laughs> uh, to it. Is this the second card you've been the headline for yeah but this is the
2: first pay-per-view event I've been like meant to be the, F- the, yeah. the, the, the headline
1: because the last fight was a yeah. the U- last
2: year I, remember, I became the headline but <laughs> yeah. through accident so
1: um is that a different weight on your shoulders from the USC being the headline have they put extra sort of media pressures and all that yeah, other
2: stuff yeah they, they do countdowns and embedded stuff and all that sort of stuff as well so you're the man yeah for, for a little bit for a little
0: bit you know. oh. no I just um, I think like Mark was saying that before like all of that yeah but at the end of the day it's still the fights are same the fights yeah. are fight, and you can't let too much of that be all over you
2: that's the yeah, that's the big problem is that a lot of the guys like the UFC are hyping it up for obvious reasons they're hyping it that fight week they're hyping up what you're doing for obvious reasons and they're hyping it up to hell like they, they, go, they go well and truly overboard. Do you watch the cuts and stuff in None the framers? It, zero. I let Sophia watch it and she ticks it off. I say, good enough for me. But um, that's the thing, though. They're, they're hyping it up to their absolute maximum. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're still just, you're still just fighting a guy. You're still, you know, you've only got your 25 minutes of spotlight to fight a guy. And that's it. That's all you'll do. And then tomorrow, no one will care about you. And uh, I think, like, you need to keep that in your mind. Is that, that that's all you're doing? You're an athlete with this skill set. You're not bigger than what you think you are. You know, you're not some big shot that that
0: you are Eradicating mean?
2: world poverty or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you're not. Yeah, you're not doing anything. You're not inventing electricity. Yeah, like, like,
1: yeah. But with that, like, you hear a lot of motivational speakers, and I think Will Smith does a thing about visualizing you winning. Do, you do Is that one of your techniques? Do you sort of go to not- bed at night and saying? And you can visualize. No. If I
2: think if I go to bed at night thinking about fighting, I twitch and it's horrible. I can't sleep.
0: I, I think like there's nothing wrong with visualizing. I think it happens through with Rob, for instance. It happens through a process of discussion and whatnot, and we we discuss different variables. But I've never, and this again, this is me, my opinion, not. But I've never been a massive fan on all of that. I think, and I'm not talking about Will Smith in particular, but I think a lot of that stuff is stuff like say for example when people talk about training methods, recovery, um, visualization, it's, it's education is another one, it's packaged together sometimes in ways that have become very commercial, very um, jargon, very like, you know, and you do this and you visualize that and then you do it like this and then you will be the champ.
1: That's and, the secret.
0: Yeah, that's the <laughs> secret, that type of shit, you know yeah. what I mean? And um, yeah, there is visualization, a hundred percent, but not the way I think, the dicky way that people do it. It's the same way when people talk about recovery, and I touched on this the other day, and they go, so Rob does nothing for recovery, and I think, no, nah, he does a lot. Because recovery is not, you, you know, they'll listen to a podcast or they'll listen to something and they'll go, I've got to go and sit in a tank or in a, whatever, who cares? And or get 12 massages a week or whatever, and I think, yeah, but it's a holistic look. So what do you do with the rest of your life? Because a massage lasts for one hour. What do you do with the other, I don't know, 168 hours in the week, you know what I mean? So it's like, what what's your diet like? What's your rest like? What do you, how do you sleep? What do you eat? Do you drink alcohol? All of those things, you know, because if, if, like I see the foot- some football teams Or other athletes And they'll go Oh I went to this And I got this done Rob doesn't do that And I'm thinking Dude you put up an Instagram photo Of you in the nightclub The night before Drinking So why the fuck did you go To get a massage Why didn't you just Save yourself $600 Not drink alcohol And recover And also and These are things that we talk about with, with Justin Lang Or whatever Like When you work out there's given x amount of hours in a day you drive across the city to get some something done how much does that help you recover versus you being at home with your family and going to sleep and having a healthy lifestyle and I'm not against it Like we do have a massage guy that, that comes in and does stuff, we do have different modes of recovery but they come at the end of a healthy lifestyle, they come at the end of making sure you get your sleep in making sure you get your water in, making sure you get your food in Making sure you do the correct training sessions, making sure that you fill in all your sheets that you have to fill in, that allow us to program and periodize your training. Because you know there, there is a whole bunch of uh, spreadsheets that we have to fill out to ensure that the training loads are correct. So then, if we can fit something in, we might. But everything is programmed so that we're not. I never feel
2: I never hit a point where I'm redlining, unless it's like I'm getting sick. Or I've gotten sick, or, or it's been being programmed. Yeah, yeah. Or it's been programmed. Like, okay, you should be redlining here. Mm. Like, uh, it's not like it, that. Never happens. Like, people, people have asked me. So you don't do anything for recovery. I was like, oh, I'm never sore. Look, <laughs> no. I'm not sore. I'm not tired. I, I just make sure I eat properly and go to bed when I'm supposed to go to bed. do sure. all my stretching sessions.
1: So, so does the vision lie of success in the trust in the program? Is that sort of the combination? Um, the secret to success is <laughs> it could be anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's I,
0: a big I, discussion there <laughs> I, I think a big one's consistency yeah. um, I mean, that, I think Rob's right And that you have know, to start <laughs> yeah. off like, to find success you yeah. know, <laughs> know what I mean like, because like if, if for example because you could do things wrong and still beat Romero he can just walk into a right hand and, and maybe Rob wins and Romero loses Is that success? I don't know. You Mm. know what I mean? There'll be people that'll say yes. Is success doing 27 year old guy, being the champion of the world or being a perennial contender, getting paid decent amount of money to do what he loves, having five kids at home that he can care for, having a beautiful wife, seeing his father every day, is that successful and having a program that allows for you to do that whilst at the same time looking after business interests for the future mm. then yeah that's kind of what we do and that's our vision of success and if he wins a fight or loses a fight or wins the belt or loses the belt
1: they, they are results
0: in a very like tiny thing that's mm. not what we measure success yeah.
1: by It's like the assumption of like the general person is like oh, you visualize that you can achieve this goal and then you do the hard work behind of it and you succeed you're a successful person but yeah uh, but it's the same sort of stuff like I have my own training I have my own routines I know to get to somewhere and do I overly visualise what I'm going to be doing and how I view success no (laughs) like I I, like that's I'm just interested like do you see like because like you know there's particular people who think that you know they they you know the, the fighter visualizes themselves with the belt every night and that's what's going to make them a champion. I've had this dream of being a champion. Maybe. And, and is that like or is that motivation? Uh, for me,
0: Well like, just the, yeah, just in. Maybe maybe that person who drives them. I don't think that drives Rob. It mm. certainly doesn't drive me in my career. Um, I there's things that I think about like where I'm like. I need to do this, I need to do that, you know, and th- and then like being my personality how it is, I'll make a list and I'll send that off to Rob and I'll say these are the things that need to be done. But I I don't know that Rob visualizing every day that he's going to win the belt maybe it gives him comfort. But I don't know that that's going to stop Romero from yeah. Trying to decapitate, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Hundred percent. And if you, he's not, can't go up to America and go, "Hey, <laughs> I saw this. I fucking visualized <laughs> this." You Cuban missile, <laughs> stay away from me. You know. So, but then again, it's like what I was, what I was referring to before. Like, I don't think that the, that a lot of people, even a lot of fighters, don't like understand or even give the value to what success is. So people say, "Oh, you bullshit. He's talking shit." But why? How, how am I talking shit? Like, if Success is not the belt, success is having five kids at home, having his wife there, having his dad there, being able to know that you're set after fighting, that you have businesses set up, that you've got a good group of friends that aren't going to desert you when your career's done, knowing that you can go watch your son train, who's, by the way, Jack started training wrestling. Um, like, how is that not successful? And what's the belt mean to any of that? So let's say 9th of June comes along. Hope it doesn't happen, but let's say Romero wins. Good for Romero. Romero's going to get the belt. He's going to go home and he's going to enjoy the financial benefits that come off of that. Rob's going to take a financial hit. He's going to 9th of June, then he'll be back in the gym the next day. And everything else, minus the belt and a, some money, will be the same. But realistically, we've got businesses set up. We've got things in place, that's success to me. Um, The belt will bring the money. It'd be great to have a belt, I'm not gonna lie. Of course it's gonna be great to have a belt. Of course it's gonna be great to benefit from the financial incentives of being the world champion. Of course, but that is not, that's a result. That's not what we deem as success. I don't know, what do you think Rob? I 100% agree. My success doesn't come from getting the
2: belt, my success comes from living the life that I have. My life is success, you know. Not 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 that one fight. I'm not gonna let, I'm not gonna let my whole life be decided by what by 25 minutes, <laughs> whether or not I'm successful.
1: Doesn't well, that seem a bit a, ridiculous? Yeah, it does. Like, but it's it's like you know, in saying that, that's such a powerful message because some people define their whole life by one moment in time, and your stakes are massive. Like, percent. But um, someone who you. Know, has had uh, you know an incident, and they let that impact on everything. Where it uh, depends what the
0: incident. Yeah, is, definitely like, the yeah. In,
1: you know one hundred percent. But like sort of just that that ideology of like the relationships. So just to sum up what we was talking about, like the relationships, your trust in those relationships. That those relationships, they're still going to stay there, and they're still going to grow. And this consortium that use. Built as part of your model is going to support you regardless. Exactly. Um, and, and and that's and that's massive.
0: The other thing is like you know people talk about like the motivation and da da da. Man, like if you see Romero standing across from you, you do not need any other motivation, like to fight your little heart out. Like it doesn't matter. You can put <coughs> my mum in there. My mum's going to fight her hardest. It's not going to last. You're <laughs> going to get out swinging. Yeah, but but like you don't need any extra motivation to fight him you know what i mean you, 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 what you're getting paid even doesn't matter because romero's going to try and rip your head off so mm. there's nothing more motivating than that you're not thinking like while you're in there thinking you're not going i hope i get the bonus i'm gonna give, I'm gonna yeah. give this one a little bit extra yeah like
2: <laughs>
0: it's gone it's like primitive it's like
2: fight or flight you're not yeah, yeah. thinking about the money and you,
0: you can't fly it because you're locked in the cage
2: Yeah, (laughs) like that's just how
0: it is. The other thing was like I was thinking when you're talking about the title and all that, I was thinking with yourself, like you have your job title now. If they came in and they changed it, or you lost your job or whatever, does that mean that you stop being David Roberts? Like,
1: that's a good point. How how do you
0: feel? But you tell us how you feel.
1: No, it's just the title. It's just a a thing that's I'm branded with for this particular in time. But all the stuff I did pre that, hopefully it set me up to go in a future direction that's not really relying on a title.
0: And I think that it would be different if Rob had an image that what he did was really, really, really special as opposed to just understanding that it's, it, of course it's different, but it's not that different to what you do. Not that different to what I do. He just has a particular skill set, And so the same way you just said that, same. That's what I
2: took from what what we were talking about earlier as well, is that is that you once you once you come to understand that you are the job, so you are the skill sets that make the job. So whether whether you're in this job or this role or this title or belt holder, you are the job. You are the role, you are the title. Like you can go anywhere you want.
0: All right? Do you do you what what do you do then, Dave, when you for your goal setting, for your site? Because you're someone that thinks very strategically, you know, I, I've taken a lot um, from you, you know, like in, in stuff we have a lot of discussions and we use a lot of our discussions back with Rob and in other business settings. But what are the, some of the things that you use for foresight, for business decisions? You think very strategically, you think outside of the box, you think laterally, so what's some of your st- techniques strategies and whatnot
1: yeah well, pr- pretty much my stuff comes from knowing the environment so like I, I use a lot of traditional aboriginal knowledge and sort of you know teachings from sort of what i would say my elders so they talk a lot about like if you know the environment if you know how it's moving you'll know how the you know the animals are run you know how the water will flow and the more you know the environment and everything around it the better you can strategically put yourself in that environment to Get the outcome that you want. So if I don't know how the wind's moving at a particular time of the season, I don't know how to throw a boomerang correctly. Does that sort of make sense? One hundred percent. So when I apply that knowledge and I put it into a business sense, it's comes back yeah, to that core stuff. Problems. Yeah, and and it comes back to relationships. So that's why I was so interested. That, that's the same. Mm-hmm. Thing that, that's the same like thing. Past like, behaviours. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So my relationship with the land and the environment and knowing what's around me. Helps me build that, and I think that was what you were saying—that's coming into enlightenment for you because you're more aware of these relationships and this and connection to your are. environment. Yeah, because that's your environment. Like whether we're talking about you know sixty thousand years ago, this is the current environment. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's where my business strategy comes from—is really looking at you know how you know people lived hundreds and thousands of years ago and still survived. Um, it's the same strategies that we use now. Um, we share stories. Um, so for me, a corrobory um, was a whole bunch of people getting together, sharing their stories of survival. When we did it via song and dance, now we do it via podcast. Yeah,
0: that, uh, <laughs> but but exactly that. Like um, people look at it and they don't understand that. Like, I don't think people understand like the power of communication, the power of stories, or the power of of being able to understand what 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 it is that you're going that. Like, not understanding, say, for example, if I read stuff, and I've read enough on its, on certain topics to understand that those past behaviours are about to happen, and that's what sometimes mm-hmm. I'll say to you, this is what I think is going to happen. It's not because I'm a soothsayer or the oracle. Like, I've read yep. enough case studies or heard enough stories and yep. been to or, enough corrobories, so to speak, yeah. to or, or, understand or, that that's what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, or, or when we talk about life experience, you've been through enough seasons to know that the season's about to change because this plants in bloom or you know what I mean like it just becomes more intrinsic knowledge of you knowing your environment and your reaction to that environment so the way I see it is the more I know about my environment the more I can predict it
2: 100% makes
1: makes perfect sense yeah and relationship to the environment and your understanding of your relationship to the environment heightens it so that's that's what I think what I got out of this podcast today is that your relationship is what really works and it's your relationship with the environment that you are currently working in. And that environment in this case is the fight game, but you have other consortiums where that same environment could be building uh, education or, you know, it's out with your conglomerate. It's, it's, it could be any part of the business. You're not just relying on this one element.
0: That, that's the, the other thing why when people talk about success is you might, we might have a fighter and he's not as gifted he's not going to go all the way to the title and if he does he's probably not going to defend it you know or he's not going to be a perennial contender or whatever but that doesn't mean that you can't build successful business models around that person if he fits into the business model that you have and can't be successful in that realm just you might not you, you know you might not be a great fighter that's all that's that's not, one percent of the things that you could do within that consortium
1: cool um, we're coming up to the the end so i just again want to thank you for your time it's been fantastic having you on the show no it's um, always a pleasure yep uh good luck i don't i don't normally don't like to say good luck because <laughs> you've done all the prep but um you know hopefully we'll have a chat when you're back and have a have a safe trip don't vomit too much
2: <laughs> thank you you're still you're still blanked out are you like no camera
1: uh, I've got a bit of camera back, so it's, when she's move at particular times, I get fuzzy and I come in and out.
2: We, I was going to say, we, get, give us like a narrator's ending. Oh. Wouldn't that be good? Do it, do it, do it,
0: do it. Like a give Morgan a, Freeman yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what yeah. do you want me to say about it?
2: Like, I can't <laughs> like even think of a... This is the end and then me and are going to leave.
1: The time has come. <laughs> where we must go our separate ways <laughs> into the journey of the forbidden unknown of the environments and the relationships oh, they've so built
0: oh please oh, so <laughs> you bad. told me to do it's it a <laughs> oh
1: my god right. thank you thanks for so uh, <laughs> I was trying to um, channel my into um, oh what my god cool that was, what was the worst fucking thing I've heard <laughs> <laughs> and you do it nah. come on no man oh, I have right. self esteem so <laughs> I did have self worth until you freaking made me do uh, that thanks yeah. for this alright All right, cool thanks. thank you very much see you
2: Oh, what a perfect way to end it. (laughs)